You're listening to the podcast version of Spark TV, a monthly drop of interviews where we have a wine with the world's most inspirational female founders. I'm your host, Danielle Lewis, the CEO and co-founder of Scrunch, a global influencer marketing community, as well as the founder of Spark Founders Program, a global membership for female founders who are ready to grow their business. Our vision for Spark TV is to share founder stories so you might garner inspiration and pick up strategies to shortcut your own success. Before we start, I do have a special request. Press pause and go and get yourself a glass of vino. We've both got one and we want to share it with you. Got it? Amazing. Remember, you can also watch these episodes on our YouTube channel, Spark Founders Program, or you can follow our Instagram account at Spark Founders Program for daily business tips. Now sit back, enjoy the vino, and let's bring a little spark to your business. Kylie, welcome to Spark TV. It is such an honor to have you here. Thank you so much for having me and organizing it through the time-space continuum that is daylight saving. (laughs) Oh my God, tell me about it. No, thank you for being so patient. I'm so excited to talk to you. I know already that this is going to be a good conversation because um, nobody knows this, but you know, we've just had a chin wag before hitting record and, you know, just had to go, okay, stop, time out. We're just going to use up all of our best bits if we don't hit record and actually start the podcast. So I know it's going to be such a good conversation. So thank you so much for sharing your time with our community. I appreciate it. Excited to be here. So good. So let's, I like just to kick things off by telling people what it is you do. So tell us about Mm -hmm. Elements for Success. And Mm -hmm. then I would love to know how you actually got there. So what is the journey leading up to starting the business? Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a uh, odd one, actually. So uh, Elements for Success is a coaching and consultancy business where our goal is to inspire, lead and succeed. And our vision is to empower others, right? So through the lens of leadership and my one of my catchphrases is in order to lead others, now whether that be personally, children, family, whatever, or professionally, in order to lead others, you first need to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you actually need to know yourself. Oh, my God. Um, this is going to get deep. <laughs> I need and- to know how to do this as well. So I've cut you off, but keep going. <laughs> but I need to know more about that. <laughs> Yeah. And, and how that actually came is, you know, uh, through my own personal journey. And when I've reflected on where I was getting frustrated in my life or not getting the outcomes that I sought um, to, I'd have to sit there and go, hang on a second, mm. look at these people over here doing all of this stuff. And I'm like, mm. what are they doing differently? And, and I think the biggest pivot point for me in any aspect of my life has been um, sitting with myself and that self-awareness of, okay, So why does that look like that for me? And the biggest pivot was using leadership skills that you're not ever taught until you get a promotion Mm. uh, to actually pivot into your personal life. And then that actually changes how you show up. And then you get the promotion. It's ask about reverse engine. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Because I never got, I didn't know how to be a leader. I got my, I got my first promotion four years into my teaching career Wow. on the basis that I knew stuff about what I was doing. Mm. Uh, but no one actually ever taught me to be a leader. Mm. And so that was a whole lot of learning, not always fun learning, because mm. if you don't get guidance early, but we, so we don't, then you got to go to a leadership thing after I became a leader mm. instead of, Hey, you know, but the lens where I've had the biggest personal growth as well is using those tools that we learn in leadership learning and going, Hey, what does it actually look like for me? And having some of those conversations with myself that haven't always been 
definitely delightfully fun but hey why why do you keep doing that Mm. when you know that's going to be the outcome you're going to get so Mm. yeah um are you doing it to yourself like if you know that's what's going to happen are you doing it yourself so that's sort of um part of that journey and elements for success how the name came about is earl nightingale who's one of the founding fathers of professional development has a definition of success that success is the ongoing progression of a worthy goal or ideal Mm. and what i loved about that is success looks different for everybody and we have bastardized success into you know making billions and doing having the house and doing all that stuff but it might be success might be you for a happy happy healthy family success Mm. might be you to have a really productive career success for you might be being able to retire at 35 and go sail around the world right so everyone's got a different definition thank you yeah yeah Yeah, me please Um, yeah (laughs) um and so success looks different for everybody but I love it's an ongoing thing and I think people get caught up in the that um I want this yeah but then when they have this they get this like you know the word I was came up in coaching yesterday was languishing they Mm. languish because I'm coaching a client who's gotten every goal she's ever set for herself and every time she does it she's now languishing because Mm. now she's achieved it has doesn't have anything else so success is the ongoing progressive realization it's ongoing development it's not a one-stop thing Um, and then there's lots of different elements for it Mm. and my job is to help you like Mary Poppins pull stuff out of her bag we pull strategies and ideas and then you try them on like a shirt are they a good fit for you and figure that out to get what your definition of success is. So that's what I love uh, about what I do. And I do it for a really wide range of people. And I know oh, the word niche does hurt my head a little bit. Oh, because, don't worry. I'm, I'm anti-niche. Don't worry. Oh, God bless. Yeah. <laughs> I'm anti-niche. You and, <laughs> yeah, you, you and I are totally going to be besties. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because so if I had to niche, I would say it's the lens of leadership, right? Because oh. it's about leading self. Because I work with CEOs, I work with principals, I work with high-performance leadership teams, but I also work with people with disabilities because my background is disability, complex behaviour and trauma. And who empowers them instead of therapising them to death about their deficits of having a disability? I'm like, well, learn to lead yourself. And so a lot of that stuff we do uh, comes through that. So it's the same principles. I just change the lens in which I deliver it, but it's the same concept, right? So I'm all about empowering so, and again, I just come back to if I'm a good mum, if I've got the skills to be a good mum, then I'm leading my family well. If I'm a good in my job, I'm leading that well. But it comes back to me and understanding myself so that I can lead myself so that I can lead those that are important to me. Yes. I love it so much. So I've got so many questions about this, but before I get there, how did you get here? How did you decide to start this business? Well, um, I'm kind of like the accidental entrepreneur business owner. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. So I always, from my whole childhood, I want to be a teacher, everything. So I want to be a music teacher, but you actually have to be able to play an instrument to be able to. I was just about to ask, (laughs) are you good at something? (laughs) But I did because I'm purely determined and I'm recognizing this now, but hindsight's a beautiful thing. I did Mm. music for five years at high school without ever learning an instrument. Wow. And I got a B in my year 12, uh, Mm. which I was very excited about. Uh, But everybody else in my grade were doing like their letters in piano or letters in trumpet or whatever it was. Yeah, And I'm like, I'll just teach myself. It's fine. Um, And yeah, it's fine. So probably not the best music teach. Um, You would have been an amazing all-rounder though. You would have been like, I know all the theory. I can do all the teaching. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I used to high five when I got a B because I did it without having that background knowledge, right? Yeah. Uh, my brother got all the musical talent in our family. He's extremely superbly talented. Mm-hmm. I get occasional backup dancer duties. Um, <laughs> and occasionally I can get my ear in to occasionally get karaoke in tune. Occasionally. Uh, um, that's huge <laughs> because I cannot. <laughs> I've done it once and my career is over. <laughs> you peaked early. I did, I did. I knew when to quit. I knew when to quit. (laughs) Go out on a high. That's right. (laughs) That performance, that's it. See you. So, you know, then I wanted to be a PE teacher and then I love sport, but, you know, everyone was PE teaching it. There was a big vibe, you know, Mm. at the time. Um, And then I did a prac in special education. I worked at school with kids with disabilities. And equally, oh, my God, this is really confronting, but equally, oh, my God, I can make a difference here. Wow. And so kind of fiddle-fighted around started out in special school teaching then mm-hmm. went to an advisory role then went to a head of special education did secondary and primary in both wow. of that went to regional office where I oversaw 72 schools catering for diverse learners went back into school as a deputy of inclusion oh my God. deputy mainstream deputy and then I didn't even know any of these roles existed when I went to school <laughs> wow yeah so Amazing. lots of stuff um, so when I worked in region, I used to oversee the enrolment into the early childhood program for kids with disabilities, or special school enrolment, but helping yeah. families particularly and, and schools navigate really complex uh, situations with little mm-hmm. people where school was maybe a really hard journey for them, right? Yeah. But it was always about empowerment, empowerment of the kids, empowerment of the families, empowerment of the staff, empowerment of the teams and the schools, because it was about building their capacity so everyone, we could get a win-win for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And that was always the case. Um, so then in 2019, I injured myself. Oh, wow. Uh, and I would love to say, I would love to say I did something really cool because at that time I was training in Muay Thai fitness. I was walking. I was like the fittest I'd ever been. Mm. But in, in actual fact, my then five-year-old was annoying me in bed and I rolled over to get away from him and hurt my neck. That's oh, my God. That actually is how I hurt myself. <laughs> So it's not oh, some cool, no. oh, you should have seen the other guy. Took yeah, him, exactly. Uh, you know, <laughs> not even close. Oh, wow. Uh, rolled over, something crunched in the back of my neck. Wow. Um, and that was a really crappy uh, couple of, well, quite a long month, uh, seven months, I think, to figure out. Oh, well, God. they still didn't know. So seven MRIs later, looked like the hunchback of Notre Dame. Couldn't wow, neck, really? Couldn't turn my neck. They're like, no, there's nothing wrong with you. And I'm like. Dude, can I'm you walking, not I'm, see I'm, my head? Yeah, you can, oh, my um, God. So, they, yeah, so it was a really long journey and they still, like, obviously there was injury at some point. Yeah. What they determined was that I actually had ended up with fibromyalgia as a result of Holy all of that. Um, and then I went, oh, dear God, mm. I work from 6.30 in the morning. Like I leave home at 6.30 in the morning, get home at 6 o'clock at night, deputy principal, single mum of three kids. Yeah, wow. What the hell am I going to do with myself? Mm. and but I you know hindsight's again beautiful and I recognize the universe could center wasn't probably really content for a little bit of time Mm. there was a few things happening in education weren't aligning to my true north Mm. Uh, but again out of fear stayed oh my god I'm the only provider of my family I have Mm. I don't get any other support at all uh, Mm. from custody or financial or anything like that so it's me yeah I'm like oh my god what am I gonna do and then, uh, so then what happened was I started thinking, what do I love about what I do? 
Yes. And what do I really freaking hate about what I do? Mm. I need to tell you that I hate doing non-contact timetables and I hate doing playground duty rosters. Oh <laughs> my God. I hated that part of it. Yeah, totally fair. <laughs> I'm like, it gives me the twitches and doing yep. the relief stuff in the morning, organizing oh all that. My God. Um, but I did love empowering people. I yeah. loved supporting the kids. I love supporting the families. I love capacity building. I love stuff, all that kind of stuff. And I went, how can I do that? Mm. Um, so that started this little journey about what I could do, what I couldn't do and dip my toe in the water, you know, around a few things and then slowly just transitioned 2020. I actually left the department, um, in COVID as you do. I was going to say, was it before, like was the decision before and then you got a surprise or was it mid COVID where you were just like, stuff it? No. So I actually injured myself beforehand. Yep. Um, but I was still trying to go back into school land at the beginning of COVID. Yeah. And it was actually sort of that, yeah, July kind of part in COVID yeah. that I went, mm. do you know what? I have something that I can offer mm. that doesn't, the system doesn't allow me to offer what I can do. Yep. And what I noticed when I worked in region is I actually had more autonomy. Well, I had more authority as an expert when I wasn't actually in the environment, as I was someone coming in to offer advice yeah, okay. um, and consult, yes, I was more respected and people kept bringing me all the time. Principals rang me all the time. Highly energy help, highly energy help, highly energy help. Mm. When I went back into school land and I went back into a hierarchy, mm. I, people didn't want to hear the exact same conversations. They found it really hard. Um, wow. So that was one of my, one of my epiphanies. So I went, maybe I could value add outside of that. Mm. So I sat and had a really hard conversation with myself about what did I want to model? And at the time, I also, this is another kind of pivotal moment for me. I read a book by Glennon Doyle called Untamed. Oh my and, God. Okay. I'm writing this down. Yeah. And one of the, and one of the quotes she writes in that book is my children don't need me to save them. They need to watch me save myself. Oh, I love that so much. Oh my God. And I was coming home sore, tired, cranky, frustrated every single day. And I went, what am I teaching my children? Don't you just like, doesn't the universe, I don't know how woo-woo you are, oh. um, just kicks bring my you ass. the, the right thing at ass. the right time. Absolutely. And I can remember thinking back, the universe, when, it, when I got injured, the universe just went, I've tried subtle and you're not picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> So I'm just going to lay you out here yeah. till you have to actually you that, do it. That right? kick. <laughs> wow. So, you know, sometimes you're just not real smart, Kylie. And I tried. Um, so, yeah. I learn sometimes. <laughs> Oops. Definitely. Um, and so, yeah, so that quote was another one. And I went, what, what mm. am I modelling for mm. my children that I am staying and coming home? And who's copying it? Who's copying yeah. my frustration? They are. It's nothing to do with them. And wow. if I want to change my circumstance, Mm. that's within my power and I need to stop giving away my power to others and saying it's their fault that I feel like this. Mm. And so that was a pretty major driver for me. How interesting that your biggest driver was looking after your kids was how will I be the provider and make sure they're okay. But in doing that, you were, it was kind of your undoing, you know, you were just doing yeah. kind of running in the wrong direction and it was having the opposite impact. And it wasn't yeah, well, until you actually said, hold on a second, what am I doing here? That you actually find a new way to do exactly that. Yeah, and I think so much of us are driven by fear, right? Oh, so fear yes. that it's going to be the money, fear that it's fear yeah. that. And, and also, you know, my family were 
My mum worked in a bank for 50 years in a job she hated. My dad was a bus driver because stability, get a job, uh, get a job, get a house, get a, have a government secure job. That's that's what you do, right? Factor, love it. <laughs> and and that was that that generation. Mm. And you know, and that and. But, but how realized- interesting the badge of honor. We talked about this before we hit record, right? What is is that? Yeah, I, and I feel like this is just you know anyone listening in who's a small business owner who has a group of friends where no one's a business owner, like having that. Uh, I'm partner in the law firm or I've done this or I've done that or I've got the house or I've got the whatever. They are all these badges of honor that somebody made up at some point that we all feel like we have to architect our lives around and it makes us fucking miserable. Absolutely. And, you know, when you add people please a lens on top of that, mm. um, you are also not only uh, aspiring to an archetype that is kind of like laid out for you about what success looks like so redefining what success looks like for you but secondly you don't want to let anybody down Mm. and it's that generational expectation stuff and everyone thought I was bat crap crazy everyone Mm. I have one my best friend we've best been best friends since we were checkout chicks when we were 15 at Franklin's (laughs) um and it was a, a friendship forged by the fact that we didn't fight over jelly bean packet we shared it break time we we did we separated the different colors and we never fought oh Um, my god it's the real priorities in life that people are missing (laughs) yeah but we just kind of just kind of yin and yang from the get-go and always you know she owns a business with her husband Mm -hmm. and she was the one person that said Kylie you've got this Mm. the one person in my life that said you've got that Mm. and so um she was a bit of a you know the the voice in the back of my head every time I had a bit of a wobble about oh my god am I being an irresponsible single mom of three children to go and start this business Mm. and then you know what I also thought I went you know what if I try it and it doesn't work there's a teacher shortage um I'll get back in at some point so I had to reconcile and again it's the stories we tell ourselves yes right yeah so much defined what we do by the stories Mm. we tell ourselves so if we just say I can find possibility and opportunity in this situation yeah we do Mm. if we decide there are no opportunities in the situation we don't and there's the stories we tell ourselves right and one of the things I also realize is my background is in disability complex behavior and trauma right Mm. so no two days were the same but it was also seeing past the mask that was presented to see what was going on behind the mask yeah, and then creating strategies that matched to meet need there as opposed to what was being presented. So I realized that we've all put on masks yeah. all of the time about yep. what we think that needs to look like. But mm-hmm. the reason behavior doesn't change is because we're not getting the function behind that mask right. Yeah, wow. So if we get that right, everything changes. And so when I'm feeling really overwhelmed because I don't have, I'm scared of not having the money, what did I need to do to what was the function that was driving that is fear of letting my kids down or, you know, whatever. Right. So what do I need to then take action on to be able to do that? And I realized I had to work it this way and I'd had to do my budget and go, actually, I don't need as much money as I thought. I actually could survive a little bit on this. That was another one idea versus informed. Yes. I had an idea of what I needed yep. as opposed to actually figuring it out and working out what I needed to start with. Mm-hmm. I love that so much because I feel like people avoid that, especially when it comes to money. Money is such a big one. 
feel like people just go lack, lack, lack. I haven't achieved. I haven't done this, but they really don't actually spend an hour to write down all of their expenses, all of their, whatever there it is, and just go, that's the, that's my ramen noodle number that I need. And then we can build from there, like that awareness. And I love that you use the word informed, you know, stop relying on what your brain tells you because it's usually lying to you. I actually saw a young person uh, who has a disability yesterday and I was talking to him. I said, tell you something. I said, I think your brain's being a bit of an ass at the moment. Yes. Uh, because they're actually tricking you into believing something that's actually not true. Mm. And that's getting you in all sorts of trouble, right? But how often yes. my brain's been telling me stories for a really long time yep. about what is true or isn't true mm. that may or may not be true, right? Mm. Um, and going back to the piece about sitting down and doing your budget, look, I'm not going to lie. I cried when I did it. Like there were tissues and there was. You got to bring messy. wine. You got to bring was, wine to the yeah. table, right? <laughs> for sure. And, and there was some ugly crying right, was I was doing it. Love it. But once I got it clear on what that actually was, I went, yes. oh, that's doable. Yeah, it's not actually crazy. No, but I had been avoiding it for so long out of fear mm. that I was doing a disservice to myself. Mm. So once I did my ugly cry and I sat down and did it, then I went, oh, I can actually take action on this, this, and this. Yes. That's easy. Yeah. So that. You know, uh, they talk about anything you do new, there's always a shitty bit. Mm. You've got to get through the shitty bit. Yes. So that was the shitty bit for me. Mm. And so everyone has them. That's the other part. You, anyone, anytime we try and pivot, change, do anything new, there's always yeah. a shitty bit. It's uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. But so if you true. get through the other side, it, it tends to go quite well, right? So, but a lot I'm of people like, give up. Oh, my God. You're so right. I even had, even just like, you have those moments like every day, every element of your business and life, right? I was, it just triggered. So I've been running this particular sales course for ages. I've done it so many times that it's, I'm really happy with where it's at. Um, and it changes every time I do it because I get better and better and better, blah, blah, blah. And I've got this new one and I was recording it yesterday and I was hating myself so much because it's brand new. And I kept stuck, like I was literally like, I watched the video back of me just like having this like panic on screen. I'm like, I'm kind of editing this out, but it, but it is, oh my God. I was like, oh, when you do something for the first time, it's just, it's just wobbly, right? Like you just yeah. cannot expect to be perfect straight out of the gate. But I had to check myself and go, yeah, but you know, you have, you know, you already know that once you do it a few times and you get into the habit and you get feedback and blah, 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 blah this will be fantastic. So you do, you've got to get just through the shit bit. It. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And, and I work with a lot of people where change is difficult, right? So if you're on the autism spectrum, mm. change is actually really difficult for you. But here's the other thing. Change is actually difficult for all of us. Yeah. So I, I took lessons that I'd learned in my 20 plus years of working in education with people that we really know struggle with change mm. and started applying that with my principals and started applying with my CEOs and started applying with all this. So change is difficult, not because it's bad, but because it's uncertain and unfamiliar. Mm, yep. So our brain goes, oh, I don't like uncertain. And so it tricks us into thinking that all change is bad, right? But then we tell ourselves a story, I don't do change. Mm. And I'm like, but if you, again, if you tell us yourself you don't do change, guess what? You don't do change. <laughs> so we, if we sit there and go, and so, you know, I was having a talk to a little person the other day and I said, hey, how's come back from school and everything? Oh, yeah, no, mm, change. 
And I mm. said, but is it bad change or good change? And he's like, oh, actually, some of it's been good. I said, so we've just told ourselves that because it's change, that's bad. But sometimes we have to sit and assess because if I change my weight and I've lost weight, that's change. That's good change, right? <laughs> but, but we sit there and go, oh, I don't do change. Well, we do. We change all of the time. Mm. Every day something changes. Yes. But we, it's the story, again, we tell ourselves around that. But the change comes from just feeling uncertain and unfamiliar. But once we can recalibrate and recognize that that's not always a bad thing, we, again, it's just that checking yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and going, what's in my control and what's not in my control and focusing on what's in your control, right? Oh, absolutely. And an interesting setup too for the idea of success. So, you know, if we, because, you know, everyone listening in is obviously uh, super high achiever types running their own business. I don't know what you're talking about, type A personality. I don't resemble that comment at all. Oh, my God. But And it's just kind of struck me that we are all starting these new businesses, super uncertain, lots of change. We all have these super crazy goals that we've set for ourselves. If we're going to get there, we're probably going to have to experience a bit of change. But I'm interested then, so how is then, you know, success and this idea of change interlinked? And I'm really interested in, we've told, we've had, you've made a couple of comments about tough conversations that you've had with yourself, right? And I'm interested to know whether you recommend asking yourself a particular set of questions or if there's anything, you know, that you think people should dive into if they are kind of in this land of, you know, and, and this will be out in the new year. So people will be setting their goals, but yeah, yeah I'm just interested in change and success and, and actually having tough conversations with your success with yourself. You know, where do you think people start with all of this? So I think some of it is around uh, expectations um, mm. that we place on others and in ourselves. Right. So there's a piece of work that I do with people around um, fears and motivations because we, our thoughts and feelings drive our actions or inactions, which drive our results and income. Right. So we know that. Right. Mm. So, but if I could, sometimes people get stuck in the behavior, but the behavior driven by fear will not drive a good result, but the same behavior driven by motivation potentially will so and it's the reframing so and the example I give is when everything happened during COVID my parents are like in their 70s right so it was very fear inducing Mm. for my my mum particularly right and she would ring me and she would be crying on the phone and saying Kylie I'm so scared of going out Mm. because I'm going to get COVID and and so and they wanted to caravan around Australia the whole this stuff and I said mum so what would happen if you said Instead of saying, I'm so scared of getting sick, I'm going to stay home, you said, I'm going to make sure I'm the healthiest version of myself so that when the borders open, I'm ready to go. Mm. Wow. The behavior is the same. You still stay home. Yep. But the thought you att- thoughts and feelings you attribute to the action yes. change that outcome yes. for you. Oh, right? my God, I love that. Well, and I also think that, you know, if you had that mentality, Actually, what you did when you're at home as well. Changes, right? Changes. Would All be the so actions. So the, the other part of that too is I love to help people, right? Yeah. But sometimes I need to check in and go, am I helping people because I'm genuinely wanting to help this person? Or is something going on for me? I'm actually helping that person because I'm trying to validate my self-worth right now. Mm, wow. Yeah. Or 
am I doing this behavior? Am I leading this because I genuinely want to contribute to this? Or am I, am I driving this because I don't like letting go of control? Mm. So those kind of questions, am I being driven by fear at the moment or am I driven by motivation Yeah. Uh, in terms of what I'm achieving? Yes. Because sometimes the actions that we perpetuate, like I'm a hard worker, right? I work and work and work. And, and we have this whole hustle mentality. And I actually don't have a problem with hustling in and of itself. Okay, mm. I think you can do it for years and years and years, you burn out. Mm. But I do, do I think a hustle is okay? Yes, I do, unless you're hustling for your worthiness. Yes, yep. So, again, you've got to check yourself. Why am I doing this and this and this and this and this? Yes. I'm am I doing it? I'm to-do list right now. <laughs> But, you know, so checking in with yourself, that's what kind of thing, those tough kind of sensations with, you know. And I also talk about, you know, I'm I'm a Brene Brown lover, oh, fangirl, obsessed. Same. same. Yeah, did the deadly, like deadly trained, all that kind of stuff. Mm. And I also check in around when I'm not being the best version of myself, mm. what does that look like for me? And often it's because I feel like I'm either walking out of alignment with my values mm. or I've been put in a position where I feel like value has been compromised for me. And I'll give you a really good example. I came back from a meeting once in the office at school and I was losing my fushizzle. Like I was literally <laughs> losing my crap. Yeah. And I've come back and I'm talking to my staff because I was just so cranky about what's at the meeting. And they're like, oh yeah, that's not good. And I'm like, why are you not? Why are you not losing your mind? <laughs> this is mm. diabetes. And I was like, it was not the best version of myself. Mm. Anyway, but what I realized was because integrity is a core value for me. Yeah. Like one of the most biggest core values I could possibly have and has been a standard one. So in that particular meeting, I recognized in hindsight, again, mm. that I had been asked to put myself in a situation that didn't align with my integrity. Yeah. Now, if your core value is family, integrity might still be important to you, but if your core value is family and this is a work-related issue, mm. then you're like, oh, yeah, that's pretty crap. But you're not going to be losing your crap as, as much as I am, right? Yeah. So checking in about that core values. Yep. And the other one is we only repeat behaviors that we believe we perceive serve us. Mm. Like, for example, if I smack my head against a, a, a wall and go, oh, that hurts, I'm not likely to do that again. But if I smack my head against the wall and go, oh, I like this, I'm more likely to repeat the behavior, right? Mm. But sometimes we do behaviors because we perceive they serve us or keep us safe. Yes. But we don't fact check that they actually do. Mm. I love that so much. Yep. So sometimes it's checking a bit and going, okay, does this still serve me? Mm. Um, the other part is where it gets tricky is because sometimes it no longer serves us, but it did once. Mm. and so it's hard to keep to say that behavior doesn't work for me anymore because it did at one point yes and we've got to forgive ourselves so particularly unhealthy behaviors right yep so for example if you drank to escape yeah life reality mm. you drank because you felt that it gave you that escapism mm. didn't really but it gave you this perception of escape because when you save it up it's still there um <laughs> but it, yes but in the moment it perceived it served you because it gave mm. you the short-term escape right yeah now when you drink it may have consequences mm. but because it served you once you're like oh, i'm just gonna do that if i'm feeling really overwhelmed i'm just gonna do that same behavior 
yes. maybe it doesn't serve you in the same way anymore. Yes. So you've got to forgive yourself and acknowledge that you did it before because it serves you, but that, that doesn't mean it no longer, it doesn't, it doesn't mean it serves you now and yes. that's okay. Yeah. I think that forgiveness part is absolutely huge, isn't it? I feel like, you know, oftentimes when we look back, we also blame, you know. Oh. Oh. And I and I kind of feel like sometimes we need to draw a line in the sand about past things that have happened, whether it be something you've done or whether it be something someone else has done. I feel like there needs to be a process of letting go sometimes and forgiving what has passed to be able to take those next steps. And I do think it's a really tricky part, particularly self-forgiveness, and that's mm. what I use. So acknowledging that you did that behavior because it's what you knew how to do at the time. That was yeah. the tool you had in your toolbox at that particular time. Yes. Now you know better, you can do better, right? So you have to forgive yourself for that mm. piece, right? So that's a really big part for me. And I often talk to people about um, the analogy I give with young people is if you had a push bike and you had a flat tire, yeah, and you had a hammer. Can you change the tire with a hammer? Yeah. Is it the best tool? No. Is it going to do some damage along the way? Yes. Is there a better tool? Yes. But if it's not in your toolbox, you can't use it. Mm. And we often go back to using the tools that we perceive worked mm. or kept us safe. Mm. Right. So if I want you to go away from me and I say F off, chances are you're going to go away from me. Right. So it works. Yeah. It got my needs met. Yes. Is it the best tool? No, it's like the hammer on the bike. Yeah. Is there because you're doing damage to the relationships on the way? Yes. So it's about putting tools in your toolbox to say, actually, now I've got this tool. Hey, I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed at the moment. I need a break. Mm. Or, hey, I'm feeling really anxious at the moment. Um, so I just need to gather my thoughts, you know, and recognizing what those tools are for you. And I call it the skill gap. So I imagine Wiley Coyote, right? Mm. Wiley Coyote was all the will in the world the <laughs> dude did not have skill yeah right so that's challenging but he had lots of willingness yes and on the other side of the canyon you've got roadrunner who's mm. got all the will and all the skill and he's just nailing it yeah and, and i imagine this gigantic canyon in the middle and it's about there's the skill gap there mm. and how do i build the bridge to close this, the gap in the skills that i need to get me from where i am to where i want to go yes because it's not deficit. It's not a failure. I'm an idiot that I don't have this. It's that I've got some skill gaps mm-hmm. and I just need to fill them. Yeah. So, and, I think, and, and that being kind to yourself as well and recognizing that, yeah, we, but we all have gaps, right? Like I'm, this, is, this is work that's never done, I assume. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But sometimes we think that the skill gap is I want to be a welder and I need to know how to weld. But mm. the skill gap is, I also need how to problem solve and I need conflict resolution and I need how to communicate effectively, particularly yes. when I'm frustrated and all of that kind of stuff. And people forget that any, like anything, the only way you get good at anything is to practice it, right? Yes. So if I have to self-identify my emotions and I hate talking about my emotions, the only way that unfortunately, uh, spoiler alert, there's no life hack. Mm. The only way to do it is to practice identifying my emotions. Yes. And being aware and being kind to myself through that process. If you wanted to get good at social media or sales, what are you going to do? Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, tweet, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, repeat. That's the only way you're good at sales, right? Is to totally. actually do it. Totally. You can't get good at it 
by osmosis. Oh my God. I love that so much because that's literally like, so with the people that we coach in sales, that's the biggest thing, right? They don't want to reach out to people because they're worried about what they'll think. They'll, they're worried about how to say it. They they just put it off, put it off, put it off. And I'm like, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, (laughs) but the only way you get sales is by talking to people about sales, about what you're selling. So, and it is the only, only, you are so spot on. The only way it gets easier is when you do it a billion times. And then it's just like, root just comes out. And that's exactly the same for emotions. It's exactly the same for problem solving. It's the exact same for conflict resolution. Yeah. My son was in year five and we had this whole thing when he came home and having a meltdown, right? Because Mm. he got a C for a singing test. Oh my God. A C. Only C he's ever gotten in his life. God bless that high achieving child. Don't know where he is. (laughs) Right. And so I said to him, mate, you've kind of got two choices, right? You can decide that you don't like a C and you want to be and put in the effort and practice like you do with your soccer, which you're really good at. Yep. Or you can accept, accept that that's actually not your strength area and be satisfied with a C. Yes. But you, again, you're giving away your power by being upset about it. You've got choices. Oh my God. Yeah. You're so right. And I'm not, I'm not good at things like organizing Zooms with time zones. I get it. <laughs> well, apparently we're both crap at that. So that's fine. It's all good. <laughs> And I, but in my business, that's a really important part of my business, right? So I actually have to put in the practice yes. to get better at that. Or find so, the tools, right? Or find the tools. Oh my God. Or employ people that can help me, support me yes. in that. Because you mm. don't need to be brilliant at everything. Mm. Type A personalities think we need to have be the best at everything. Of all oh time. my God. Yeah. Can't actually. Yeah. I can invoice. Do I like invoicing? No, it does my head in. Yes. I employ someone to do my invoicing. Yeah. Because the return on investment is it takes me three hours to do the same thing. It takes her 10 minutes and I could be working and bringing in money that would cover her costs exponentially five times by that. Exactly. So why would I waste my time? So that's one of the things I, I know I need to know, like I need the expect what you inspect, no inspect what you expect thing. So I need to know enough about it to know that they're doing it right. Yes. But then I need to outsource that because I have no interest in becoming the best zero operator in the world. I don't. And it's such a, good, such a good point, right? Because you're, you're spot on. A lot of these high achieving personalities listening think that they actually have to do everything inside their business and think that they have to be amazing at it. Yeah. And then wonder why they're feeling a bit burnt out. <laughs> yep. They're like, but, but I should be able to do all the things. I but should why, be Wonder Woman. But why should you? Yeah, who told you that? Your brain yeah. probably. You made your it brain's up. Being, your brain's being a bit of an ass. Your brain is being an ass. That's going to be the title of this podcast episode. <laughs> and it's um, tricking you into thinking that you have to be all the things to all the people. Yes. But but and and my learning is when I, you know, and over at the time when I started out, obviously I started on my own. Mm. I recognized very early that was not my strength area and was able to onboard, but you know took a while to find the right person so that has been an ebb and flow so I've had to step back in and do stuff and and so I can do it but Mm. I also recognize it doesn't give me it actually is an energy draining activity for me yes right so when I focus on my energy giving activities versus my energy draining activities Mm. my ROI goes through the roof yeah if I do it because I have to do it because I should be able to do it because of the Wonder Woman 
ass hat brain story, mm-hmm. I burn myself up. Yeah. But if I focus, can spend 90% of my time in energy giving stuff, mm. which is the peopling for me, I'm a peopler. Yep. I'm not a processor. I can mm-hmm. do process. I'm good at process. But what gives me energies is peopling. Yes. Then that's where I need to spend my time yeah. because I, sh- I show up as a better version of myself mm. when I'm peopling. And if I, if I get stuck too much in the back end stuff, I'm not, I'm not working, showing up as the best version of myself. And then I'm not being the thing my child needs to, me to be. I need to save myself, right? So I need to, again, recalibrate, check in. And mm. one of the really cool activities I do now, because we always focus on what's not going well. Yes. Negativity bias, our brain is awesome at it, right? Awesome at the negativity bias and being an asshat of making it judgmental. <laughs> yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But, but the first piece of the work is tell me what's going well right now Mm. and that's actually really hard for people yeah really hard because they want to focus on two things two reasons for that a because the brain's an ass hat wants to do negativity loves that shit the second part is because we are told if we talk about the good things that we do it's egotistical Mm. yeah so when i say to you tell me what's gone well for you danielle this week and you're like oh well look it was okay. Like I had this thing, you know, I haven't seen a client for a month and they're like written two things on there. What's working well for them. I'm like, you're telling me in 30 days, Mm. there's only two positive things that have happened in your whole 30 days. That's a whole conversation in itself. Right. Absolutely. Because if if your mindset is that bad that it can give you 50, because they're like, but I want to do this side, the negative. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You need to do this part first. Yes. And they're like, but but I want to be over here. So yeah, we're working- always looking for those gaps, aren't we? It's always the not good enough, haven't done this, haven't done this, haven't achieved. And you do, you forget to actually check in with yourself on all of the amazing things that you've done. Yeah. So what's working well for me this week, this fortnight, this month, yeah, this quarter? Mm. How can I do more of that? Yeah. How can I do more of that stuff that was working well for me? Mm. And then the second part is what wasn't working well, non-judgmentally, uh, ass hat brain to the side, mm. non-judgmentally, how can I reduce, change or eliminate? Mm. I so know just- because sometimes the things on your not doing well side are things you shouldn't even care about. Are, they, are they, these I should oh, I be, need to be doing it. Yeah, that's right. So what can I change? What can I reduce? What can I eliminate? Mm. And if you're spending a whole day doing energy draining stuff or a whole week doing energy draining stuff and you can't not do it, yeah, right, then how are you changing the process by adding energy giving either side like a bookend mm. to get yourself through it? Yes. Right? Um, you know, I, do you need to look at the clients that you see and see your most intense clients when you've got the highest amount of energy so it doesn't drain as much of you? Yep. Do you need to, you know, do you need to recalibrate so you've got an admin day in the middle to just reset, recalibrate, pivot? You know, what whatever works for you, right? So some people don't know until they try it on, like a shirt. Is this a good fit for me? Does it feel good? Do I feel comfy? Do I, you know, uh, and see if it works. But what work, what's working well? How can I do more? What's not working? How can I change, reduce, or eliminate? Yeah. Um, that's a really powerful conversation I have with myself as well. 
I love that so much as well. And I love just circling back to something we talked about earlier was that could also change. So it, what's working for you today may not work for you at some point in the future. And we were talking about, I think before we hit record as well, the, are you a morning person? Are you an evening person? Whatever, whatever. And I used to be a morning person. Don't know what happened. Um, but for some reason in this stage of my life, I am not a morning person. And, but what I noticed was I was, I was, having the conversation with myself. So because I do these podcasts, it's like, and meetings all over the world. I'm like, your calendar needs to be open from 7am to 7pm every night. And I would, you know, be getting up at six o'clock in the morning, putting on makeup, feeling like I had not slept a wink and showing up to my first meeting at 7am feeling like crap. And I was like, well, you're not actually doing anyone a, a service by yeah. showing up in that state. And I just mm. had to actually check myself and say, why do you think that, you know, being on at seven o'clock in the morning is the way to run your business if you feel like crap? So I actually, you know, just went, okay, well, readjust the timelines. I still work the same amount of time, but I do it when I have the most energy. But and it's you so be funny. the best version of yourself, right? Exactly. But it's like for some reason you think, well, I've got to be on available all of the time or I'm not you know, doing the best thing for my business. Yeah. And and being that, being on all the time. So again, mm-hmm. so you're in deputy mm-hmm. principal mode, right? So I'd get up at five. I'd be relief teaching from five. Then there'd be some admin meeting before the admin meeting, before the thing, before the people, <laughs> before the kids, before the blah, 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 blah. Get home at night, shove food in my mouth, sort kids, check the emails, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this ridiculous thing. So I actually... And because if you're not very good at boundaries, boundaries, you hurt my feelings. Just like uh, so they would compromise them or people would compromise them all the time, but they compromise yeah. them because I allowed it. Yes. Yes. And, and I think the other part is when you've not been good at putting boundaries in, you tend to do, I call it the rubber band effect. So you do a hard boundary first up because you're like, yeah. no, this is my boundary. And so it's actually generally somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So like the rubber band stretching out, you got to bring it back and loosen it up a little bit, right? Yes. Because, but again, you only get good at boundaries if you practice it. But I stopped in my business um, for the vast majority of the time. Mm. I don't answer emails before 7 a.m. Perfect. Yep. Okay. And I don't answer emails after 6 o'clock. And very rarely do I even answer my phone after 6 o'clock. Mm. Unless there's a particular thing that I need to do. But, that's, yep. you know, so 7 to that. I... I have been trying to read 52 books for 52 weeks for about 52 years. Now I'm not even that old. Oh my God. That's like a little thing in my brain that I want to do that's just not going to quite happen. (laughs) Did it this year? Oh my God. Congratulations. Cute. Not last weekend, the weekend before. I hit my 52 books early. Holy crap. Oh my God. And you know what? And you know what? Wasn't even hard. Oh my God. Do you know what I did differently? What did you do differently? So I didn't answer emails. So I was actually more productive in my business Mm. by setting that boundary of the time that worked for me. Yep. That was first thing. Second of all, my phone charges on the other side of the room. Do not have it beside my bed. Yep. Um, So the alarm goes off and I have to get up and uh, William McRaven, make your bed thing. Yep. Changed my life. Um, So I get up, make my bed, get my phone, turn my alarm off. Do not check my phone. Get up and have a coffee and I read. Oh, that's so good. At night time, before I go to bed, put my phone on charge. I get in bed, I read. Mm. So I'm not scrolling. So that's two things I did. 
I'm like Rory Gilmore off the Gilmore Girls. I carry a book at all times with me because oh. if I have five minutes, instead of getting on social media, I read. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I also recognize that one of the barriers, so I actually hacked myself. I In marketing, you know, you got your objections. Yeah. I overcame all my objections. So <laughs> then I then I was like, okay, I'm a bit of a mood reader. So I'd get in bed and go, I don't want to read that book tonight. Mm. My mood's not right. So then I wouldn't read and I'd get on social media. So mm. now I have like five books on my bedside table. So yeah. there's always something to read or they're all a bit of variety. Yeah. Different choices. I engage, I love Audible now because I mm. travel sometimes. That mm. became another way. Um, so I look for different ways and it didn't, it wasn't a task. Oh, and the other thing, visual. Yeah. I had one to 52 on pieces of paper written up on the wall. And yeah. every time I achieved a book, I wrote it up. Oh, that's so go, 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 go. And some days when I was just chilling, because I like to, I mean, it does help that I like to read, but I actually think mm. it's relevant to any goal, right? Mm. It was visual. It, I overcame my objections. I actually sat down and went, what are the things that I do to myself to stop yeah. myself from, how do I talk myself out of this? Yes. Because I have tried like for a long time to do this goal. Mm. And this year it wasn't hard. Mm. And what was the difference? So because it wasn't hard, it became easy for me and it nailed it like six weeks out. I'm going to actually hit probably closer to 58 books this year. That's so good. Uh, because I got that momentum and it's a snowball effect, right? Mm. So, but yeah, so I just hacked myself really. Uh, and and I did a marketing course. I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing this to myself. Doing? I'm selling to myself. Objections. <laughs> yeah, I, I was overcoming my pain points and my objections. And I love that you said this because it's really interesting. I feel like I've just done this with walking, right? So for so this year I've been really terrible. I've not been looking after myself at all. And 40 days out from the end of the year, I said, okay, that's it. Why, what is my excuse? And my excuse is always I should be working. I, so I always feel guilty about looking after myself because I should be working harder because I haven't achieved all the things that I want to achieve. And I was like, okay, so how do I marry the two? And I decided that, okay, what we've got a treadmill uh, that hasn't been used but since we got it. And I was like, okay, Mine was a really good bag rack. Oh, my, my gosh. Tre- so my, my treadmill was an excellent bag rack. on there. Yeah. yeah. And I just decided, you know what, I'm going to do both. So I, there's no reason why I can't walk on the treadmill every day and also do some kind of work activity that makes me feel productive. And so what I did is I identified tasks that I could do on my iPad that fit in the little screen. And so for an hour, I walk every day, but I've not lost an hour. I've still done. And, you know, a couple of people said to me, no, you should be just focusing on relaxing and downtime and like kind of putting it down a little bit. And I was like, well, the fact of the matter is the only way I'm going to do this is if I don't feel guilty. And if I get something done in that time, I don't feel guilty. And now I'm kind of like actually doing it. I've walked, I've walked every day for 15 days. I've got 25 days to get before the end of the year and it's working. So I love that. Overcome your objections. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, so first of all, you ha- your brain was being an ass hat to say, Absolutely. I need to do this, right? Your brain's being an ass. Yes. Secondly, um, it worked for you. Yeah. 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 It, it worked for you. And yes. I think the thing about that is when people go, oh, but you should this, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. hi, my name's Kylie. Have you actually met me? Mm-hmm. Like you should this or you should. And I'm like, again, hi, my name's Kylie. Have you actually met me? Because mm-hmm. if I, if I, if I feel like it's going to negate my abilities, yes, then I'm not going to do it. Yeah, because I true. again have high achieving. So again, like Mary Poppins, pull the strategies out, try them mm-hmm. on, see what fits, see what works for you. Mm. I would get seasick working on my iPad and working on a treadmill. 
I literally <laughs> would. I would get I would get some sort of travel sickness. I'd yeah. have to have travel calm before I jumped on it. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't but I can <laughs> but I could actually listen to an audible and walk. Yes. Um, because I use and I choose specific books that help me in my business, right? So yeah. Yeah. still on. But because I'm doing it, because I love it, mm. it doesn't feel like work. So I think that's the other hack, right? Yeah. When you, in those particular times when you're walking or self-caring for yourself, if you need to marry it with something that you need to do, you need to choose the bits of the business that you love mm-hmm. and marry it with something because it's going to be easier for you to work when you're doing something you love yes. than if you're walking which is already a hard task, right? Because not putting yourself first is always a hard task. Mm. Like, you, you know, so if you put it with something that you freaking hate, guess what your brain's going to do? It's going to be an ass hat and That's tell you that this truth. activity is shit. Yes. And so, you know, the only way to exercise to be good is to do it with something, pair it with something mm. that you love. And then that becomes easier because now you get to do something you love whilst you're learning to love something that's maybe not something you've always loved, right? Mm. Or you found hard to prioritize. So I just think this is where we've just got to figure out the brain hacks and how to stop your brain being an ass to actually serve you because your brain's tricky. I love it so much. Kylie, you are absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for coming on the Spark TV podcast. I feel like we could talk for hours if we didn't close with your brain being an ass hat. But no, that's um, yeah, incredible. Your insights and your experience. I know everyone tuning in would have gotten a lot of value. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. That wraps this episode of Spark TV. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. That helps other amazing female founders like you find us and grow too. You can also follow along on Instagram at Spark Founders Program for daily business inspiration and DM us with a guest you'd like to hear from next. Or even join our community at sparkfoundersprogram.com. Thank you for being here. And if no one tells you today, you got this.